Hey, what's going on? This is Troy, and this is the Planet 76 Podcast, your source for Sixers news, highlights, hot takes, and more. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everyone, to Planet 76 Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael from Trust the Love. Troy with me, as always. Episode 42. Episode 42, we are getting ever so closer to 50. <laughs> with that being said, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Go follow us on Instagram. And, yeah, James Harden has played. That's right. Officially for the Sixers. We're going to break it down for you in this episode. Again, episode 42, we are rolling. Let's get right into it. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I think this is – I didn't even think about that. I know it's true, but I didn't think about it. This is our first episode uh, with, you know, being able to break down some James Harden action. Yes. And um, the good news and the great news is that the Sixers are 3-0 in those games. And so – um, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Still some question marks to answer and just some things to consider moving forward. And uh, we're going to break that down uh, on this episode. We're going to talk about some of the big men um, that have been just in and out for the Sixers, like literally um, even as late as today, even in the last couple hours, some changes to um, the front court. And uh, so we're going to break that down. We're talking about just where the Sixers sit in the Eastern Conference standings and um, all of that fun stuff. So uh, James Harden's debut was six days ago. Uh, we're recording on Thursday, March 3rd. James Harden played last Friday in Minnesota, a 31-point victory for the Sixers, 133-102. Um, that is wild. Um, great game. And then played in New York two days later, a 16-point win. And then at home against New York, a 15-point win. So um, some pretty solid performances. Um I'm going to start with this, and then we can break it down a little further. So give me one word to describe this 3-0 and week. You know, it's James Harden in a Sixers jersey. It's all of that that comes with that. What's one word to describe this week so far? I would honestly say one word. I guess the first word that came to my mind was refreshing. Ooh. And I don't, I don't know how well I can explain that, but <laughs> I think it, I think it could speak for itself in some sense. But for me, refreshing in a, in the sense of James Harden is here, things look really good. This is it's refreshing mm-hmm. to be able to win games like this and have a player like Harden who can do the things that he does, but have it be for your team, for the team that you yeah. root for. <laughs> So I would say I would say refreshing. Okay, yeah, I think that's an excellent word choice. Uh, I was thinking surreal. Yeah, Just, I mean it still is really. It is uh, like it, it's you're watching. You know, we've we've seen three games worth now, three amazing performances from James Harden. You know, not to mention the rest of the team together, but. It's just it's so crazy to think where we've come as a fan base and where we've come as a team and where we've come so far along over the last number of years to this point that literally we say it every week now, James Harden is a 76er, and we got to watch some of that in action. So it's just surreal to me to even watch him on the court and be like, wow, that dude's wearing red, white, and blue, um, and he's on our team. Um, but your word choice is pretty good too, man. That's good. No, I think I think both words I think both word choices are fitting and accurate because 
both adjectives, I mean, they, they, they really describe, I mean, what's going on right, right now. Like, it's still something that, I mean, I was thinking about it earlier. Like, the Sixers haven't had a guy like, a high-profile guy like this since Butler. Mm-hmm. And that was almost four years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, the it was... We're coming on the playoffs. It's, it, it'll be it'll be four years in May, or I mean technically, technically it's only been three. But three, you get yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. It's just like, for as high of a profile guy as he was, right. This is even it's more tenfold yeah. with because of James Harden and who he is. So it's just like wow, right. it really is just. And then wow. and then too to your point, it's it's refreshing to see a guy like James Harden, a guy of this caliber do what he does on the court um because the last time we've seen someone like that i don't i mean we we let's be honest if we're getting down to like um you know the attention to great detail there's no one in Sixers history that can that's done what james harden does um you know a guy with the ability to score like he has you know you think of alan iverson of course um, but James Harden is just, he's just different. He's in a league of his own in terms of some of the things that he does, not to say he's the best player ever, but he's just the same, the things that he does, the way that he sees the court, um, his step back move. I mean, there's just so many things that make him unique. And so it's, uh, it's a very different thing and a very exciting thing. So, um, now in those three games, obviously, um, pretty quickly, we've seen a big three develop, not pretty quickly, very quickly. Uh, so James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. Let me read some numbers here, and then you tell me what you've seen, obviously, over these three games. So over these three, Joel has averaged 32, 10 boards, 3 assists. He's attempted 51 shots. He's gotten to the free throw line 53 times across three games. James Harden averaging 27, 12, and 9. Uh, he's gotten to the free throw line 29 times. And then Tyrese Maxey is up near 25 points a game. Four rebounds. Um, he's shooting, obviously, a very, very small sample size, three games. But he's shooting nine for 14 from three, 27 for 42 overall. Um, they are the first trio of teammates to each score 20-plus in their first three games together in NBA history. Um, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> and then Joel Embiid, I saw a tweet today that says Joel Embiid is shooting 81% on passes that come directly from James Harden. Again, Small, small sample size, but eighty-one uh, percent is a remarkable number. And not to mention, you know, especially the game against the Knicks that was at the Knicks, how much Joel got to the free throw line off of James Harden passes. So that's not even included in that number. Um, yeah. So I guess in particular, what's your thoughts on this big three's performance? Did you expect it? Maybe what something that caught you off guard? I don't know. What you know? Tell me about that. Well, I think. Well, the one thing that really caught me off guard was how well things looked from the beginning. I, I don't know if I really thought that it would take off this quickly and translate this quickly. I had I, I had my hopes and I had my assumptions that things would look pretty smooth going forward, but not in such a quick way and not <laughs> in the first game that Harden suited up for the Sixers and not especially three games in a row. And hopefully tomorrow night against the Caps, four games in a row. I mean, right. it's just remarkable. I mean, we know how great Maxi has been this season, but it's just fantastic. And again, I'll use the word refreshing to see how well he's playing alongside two bona fide MVP superstars. I mean, that's not something that I really would have expected 
again, so quickly. Like, you would have thought, you know, Maxi, he's still young. He, you know, he's never played against, he's never really played with one guy like Embiid before. He's in his second year, let alone two guys in James Harden and Joel Embiid. So it's like, this is something that it's just, I, I mean, you really just have to step back and appreciate it because it's it's just fantastic it's it's really really great it really is yep yeah yeah i agree with you i think i expected it maybe not quite as quickly yep to the same extent and again this is again they set an nba record for you know three teammates and how many points they scored across three games you know for a trio just their first three games together um that's not a small feat that's not a that's not a small deal um, so it's been very cool to see um, what has happened. It's been cool to see even the interaction that Tyrese and James Harden have had. Oh, of yeah. course, James Harden and Joel Embiid have had, and you know, in post game and during the game, celebrating and just things that they do together. It's really cool to see Joel have a partner in crime like James Harden. So, um, and and they're, they've won games. And th- there's a tough tough schedule coming up over the next you know four games over the next week week and a half, and. Um, we're going to talk about that toward the end of the episode, but, um, you know, there's some challenges and they play three games and four nights coming up here soon. So there's going to be a lot of basketball played beginning tomorrow night, as you mentioned at home against Cleveland. So, um, certainly a lot to, um, look forward to and a lot to just keep your eye on moving forward, um, there. So if you take a peek at the Eastern conference standings, a lot of these teams were in action tonight. Uh, a lot of the games have gone final. So I think the heat beat the, Nets, Nets tonight. Yeah. Um, Trey Young went off on somebody. I forget who. Who did they beat? They beat Bulls. the Bulls. Yep. Bulls. So now the Sixers and the Chicago Bulls are um, both two and a half back of Miami Heat, who are in first, followed by the Bucks and the Celtics and the Cavaliers, all within a game and a half of one another. Um, the Cavaliers five back of first, the Bucks three and a half back of first so everybody chasing the Miami Heat who are still playing well they lost to the Bucks, I believe last night beat the Nets tonight so um when you see these Eastern Conference standings what do you have any takes yet again of course everything is very subject to change again with how close these standings are and there's you know over 20 games left but what's your thoughts at least right now at this point in the season given the standings well, I think it's going to come down to the wire. Um, I would I would definitely like to see the Sixers maintain this, the seeding and general um, record they have right now. Well, not record, but you know what I mean, in terms of winning percentage, things like that. I would love to see the Sixers stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you, you would like them to move up, maybe get the one seed, possibly have a, have a winner of the play-in kind of uh, first-round series, which would be nice. But the main thing is I just would really like to see the Sixers finish the season strong, whether they end four, whether they end three, right? ideally three. Two, three, I think, is an ideal range for them. And I really think, um, yeah, I just would like to see them end the season strong. Obviously, first three games of Harden's debut have been a really solid outing, and I think and I hope it's a good indicator of how the rest of the season's going to go. Again, especially with Maxi playing so well. Um, I I just, like, it, it really is going to come down to the wire, especially not only with the Sixers, but every other team in the Eastern right. Conference. Because you have a team like the Nets, they're the eighth seed. 
I mean, they're only, I think they're only four games behind four seed, maybe? Three seed? Um, uh, something like that, I think, right? They're Yeah, they're like they're like five games back of five. Five games? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it, it really is going to come down to the wire. And to, about the Eastern Conference, I mean, the Raptors are the, or I believe they're six. No, no, they're seven, seven. right now. Nets are eight. Hornets nine. Hawks ten. I mean, it's it's just but wow. then you also look at so obviously seven through ten are in the play-in, and then right now the Nets again are eighth, and yeah. they are only two and a half games up on the eleven seed Washington Wizards, which is just, just it's nuts. Wild. And that only there's only a game of separation in the loss column between the two, um, so it's like the Nets are literally a game out in the loss column of being out think about that for a second wow the wild wild east this season it is wow and um i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting again if now subject to change we we could see the nets move all the way up to five or something like that but we could also see them to have a you know a rough go of it in the play-in tournament and again we'll cross that bridge when we get there um, but who knows? KD came back for them tonight, so that's hopefully going to – well, not hopefully. I don't really care. I don't hope they win. But maybe it will <laughs> help them uh, moving on. So, um, yeah, Eastern Conference is going to be crazy. Again, the Sixers really, although, you know, standings-wise, percentage-wise, they're two and a half back of Miami um, and tied with the Bulls. They're actually a game up in the loss column from the Bulls and only a game behind in the loss column from the Heat. So, uh, Heat have just played more games, and so – it's gonna be it's gonna be a good finish. It's gonna be a good finish. So um, the next thing I wanted to talk about again, we can we can focus on the really really good with James Harden, but I think we yeah. think we know that. But I've got a question. Okay. And it's about All right. I like questions. It's about this backup big man fiasco we've got going on. Um, and if you you can see in the outline that I you know just kind of wrote a little question next to each one. Um, they're not even necessarily for each one. I kind of just wrote some different questions. So yeah. we have a list of big men. Um, Paul Millsap's new. Willie Cully-Stein. Can you explain that situation to me? So he is gone. He was on a 10-day contract. He played like a minute and a half, and now he's gone. He played literally three minutes. Like, uh, Why? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even really know. I... I I really would have liked to see him get more burn. Um, yeah. I think he's a solid player. I mean, it's the point. It's the exact point of a ten-day contract. I I don't. Right. Not that I know. Of, I haven't seen a ten-day contract quite go like his did. Yeah. Where he had opportunities to play and they just didn't play him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. So Willie Cauley Stein is gone. Um, then you got Paul Reed. You got Charles Bassey. And the newly acquired DeAndre Jordan. So, I, what is the answer? Is the question, and do you have an answer or or what? And then I'm gonna actually read a, a little article that I saw on this topic earlier okay. today. But you can go ahead and take a stab at it. What's the answer? Who do you like? Who do you not like? Just give your thoughts on this this fiasco that is the backup center position. I like Charles Bassey a lot. I like Paul Reed. Paul Millsap, yeah. I think in certain situations, especially with Harden, mm-hmm. um, 
he's been getting some running with he's been getting most of his run with Harden in the lineup, him and Harden, whoever else. I don't think he's played much with Embiid if at all. Right. Um I I I I don't see the point of the DeAndre signing. I mean, I would have much rather I much rather would have liked the Sixers to keep Willie Cauley Stein. I just think he's a bit more springier in a sense of mm-hmm. He can. He's a little more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's younger for a fact. Uh, I, I mean, DeAndre is kind of just. I, I think he. I don't want to use the term washed because I think that came. I think that I think that there aren't really many NBA players that are washed in a sense. But mm-hmm. I just think he's kind of old. He doesn't really do much. I mean, he's he's slow. He he isn't really a great scorer. I mean, if if the Sixers brought him in for rebounding, then right. I guess it makes sense. Uh, he's still, I, I mean, he's not a threat to shoot at all, I mean, as most guys like him are nowadays. But he's not a, he's a good shot blocker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of grasping for straws here, but yeah. a lot of that comes with the fact that I would much rather see Reed or Bassey get get some run with with the actual roster as opposed to the third stringers. Mm-hmm. See why? I mean, like, what do you like? What do you like? What do you think about that? What so where where, where do you stand on? That? While I agree to a sense about <clears throat> Reed and Bassey getting burned, and you know, um, I I don't want to. I'm not like not like I'm treating the DeAndre Jordan signing like it was a James Harden thing, but I don't right. mind it. Um, okay. In fact, I kind of like it. Okay. Um, now, I also liked the Willie Colley Stein thing, and we saw him for three minutes, and now he's gone. So, and I, so I, I agree so with I. you. Like, I would have loved to see him get a chance. Like, what? Yeah. It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, and it never will, because we're never going to talk about him again. He was on Sixers for three days. He didn't even fulfill a 10-day contract. Three days or three minutes later, he's gone. Literally. Um, so that just didn't make sense. Um, when I heard about DeAndre Jordan and the possibility that that happening, I, I liked it. Um, and some of the article I'm going to read here in a moment kind of addresses that, um, addresses the good, the, and the bad, the potentially ugly when it comes to having DeAndre Jordan. Um, but I don't see like a great concern again. I, you know, as you noted, I guess the Sixers brought him in to grab rebounds and maybe block shots and he's a big body and that kind of thing. He's a veteran. Um, and we're not asking him to do a role, um, the role that we're asking of whoever this backup center is going to be is unlike any other role that they've ever had in the NBA, especially a veteran like DeAndre Jordan, because he's yeah. backing up Joel Embiid. And that's, right. I think, kind of the thing when Andre Drummond was here that allowed him to have success, and Dwight Howard, what allowed him to have success is this, like, every other place they were either the starter or they were, like, getting significant minutes because there wasn't a center there that was very, very good. They're playing behind the potential MVP. And so the role is established, the role is known, and uh, you just hope that, again, DeAndre Jordan's certainly going to get a look because he's on the team. He won the 10-day thing with him. Um, so hopefully he can just fit the role and what he's asked to do. Um, and so I actually, like I said, I actually read an article today uh, that was a very good read, Liberty Ballers. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Harrison Grimm, no idea who that is, but I'm going to shout him out so I don't get in trouble. So here's what he said basically about this center situation, and I agree with it a lot. Um, 
he said at the end of the article, he said, here's what I'm getting at. He said, I would argue that having no answer is worse than having a bad one in regard to the Sixers' backup big man situation. Having three to four question marks behind Embiid is a serious concern. In other words, the Sixers need to just pick one of these guys and go with it. Um, So that's what he said. And then he said, it's one thing if the Sixers play read or any of the bigs and it just doesn't work out. You know, then I think signing DeAndre Jordan or some other veteran center is very much justified. However, Reed has held his own defensively every time he's been on the court this season. The minutes have been inconsistent. They haven't been a nightmare. And that in its in and of itself is worth a look if you're trying to find a long-term answer behind Embiid. I agree with that. He said one of the biggest reasons for Reed not being on the court was the Sixers had to space the floor for Simmons, who is now long gone. Reed's offense is still very raw but he's more than capable of setting screens and catching lobs. Um, again, he, he gets to this. It looks like the Sixers are going to sign DeAndre Jordan. They, in fact, did, making him the fifth center on the team. Um, now back to four because Willie Cauley-Stein is out of here. Um, he said, even though I'm not high on him, DeAndre Jordan, I hope I'm wrong. Harden has a history of elevating his teammates, and that could be the case with Jordan. He's also had his best years under Doc Rivers, albeit several years ago. Dwight Howard and Andre Drummond signings initially raised some question marks, and those turned out okay. They're all fair points. Jordan will likely only average 10 or 15 minutes at most in the postseason, with all of those minutes likely being next to James Harden. If Jordan plays passable defense, sets screens, and catches a lob or two, it won't be a big deal. However, this is where the bad comes in. This is the end. If the Sixers get the DeAndre Jordan that has been labeled negatively, by NBA fans and analysts for the past few years, things could get ugly fast. If that happens, the Sixers won't have an answer in their most crucial moments because they've simply chosen not to find one. Again, that gets back to the emphasis he made initially, saying, okay, now look at us. We're 20 games out from the playoffs. We have the best center in the world, and we don't know who's going to back them up. We got Paul Millsap. We got Paul Reed. We got Charles Bassey, and now we have DeAndre Jordan. He's saying... What's better than having a question mark is just pick somebody and let's roll. Um, what's your thoughts on any of that? I know that's a lot. <laughs> no, I, I, to an extent, I agree, um, especially to the point where it's, they have options. The Sixers have options. I mean, I, I think, I think it all comes down. Yeah, I, I just pick one. I mean, there's four guys they can run at, at this spot. It's, I mean, again, like the the article kind of said, it's kind of a luxury, but also it might not be. Um, and and to the point about Paul Reed, I mean, he's shown some really yeah. nice flashes, especially as as an athlete. I mean, he's he's stringy, he's athletic, he's 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 long. He can defend a little bit. And I, I think, aside, I mean, really, I think in terms of the fit with Harden, I think he's the best of the four. Just athleticism-wise, I mean, screening, getting to the rim, flying to the rim off of screens and rolling to the rim and catching lobs. I mean, he's yeah. insanely athletic. And he, I think he's shown a little, a, I mean, a, a small amount of of potential in in areas of uh, of of stretching the floor three point shooting i'm his jumper is you know it's kind of <laughs> eh but it's i, I think i think Paul Reed's okay. my pick is basically what i'm saying i think i think he and, and even though he is a bit undersized he's he's not as 
big in terms of width as you as a guy like Bassey or or uh, DeAndre. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of length and versatility, I think he's the best option. And and, and also, I, I think he is a great fit alongside even Maxi. I mean, screener rolls with Maxi and, and Reed would, would be great, mm-hmm. as well as Harden and, and Reed. I mean, I think he's, he's what is he, like six? I, I six guess he's nine, kind six, of undersized. Ten, yeah. But like I said, I, I, think, it's, I think the fit... Would, okay. be, would be very solid. And, yeah, and it, we've seen Paul Reed. And of the guys we've seen, he's probably the most encouraging on this list. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we haven't seen DeAndre Jordan in the Sixers uniform. Um, and again, this is an entirely new role for him. It just is. Now, he. I looked at how many games he started over the last couple of years. It wasn't quite half, but he did start occasionally. And he was like the guy and getting the minutes. But guess what? That like That's absolutely out of the picture now <laughs> and so that could change something for him and him um you know and i think i agree with the article to an ex to pretty much everywhere to an but to an extent in the sense that yeah i think it's okay to be somewhat situational but obviously in the playoffs you're not going to be situational who's going to go out there across four guys you're just not so i think you got to get it to two in my opinion, um, I like what you said about Paul Millsap. I think he's ex- I think he's the most plug and play situation guy that there is of those four. Um, I think he can absolutely hurt us if it's the wrong situation more than the other guys, mm. especially yep. defensively. Absolutely. So I think, I, you know, if I said okay, let's let's get these two guys the most minutes, you know, toward the end of the regular season, it would be Paul Reed and DeAndre Jordan. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. I agree. I agree. And and simply because although I think I think Reed and DJ might be the best two defensively. And from a from a backup big, that's probably what you want, especially considering how great Joel is defensively in the paint and as a rim protector, shot blocker, all that stuff. I think having a guy like again, I will say to his credit, DeAndre is He's a good shot blocker. He's been a good shot blocker throughout his career. He's still, again, like you said, he's a big body. You don't have to be the most athletic to be a good shot blocker. Um, it helps, but again, he's been able to sustain that for, I mean, for his career. Again, not 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 as not as large of an extent right. as it was in you know in Los Angeles on the Clippers. Right. I mean, you know, even with the Mavericks for that for that little point. Yeah, and he's only he's only thirty three. Um, and I say that because Millsap is what thirty seven, I think. But I mean, Andre Jordan is a year older than James Harden. That means when we're talking about getting ready for the playoffs next year, James Harden will be the exact same age as DeAndre Jordan is now. Uh, Just saying, you know. So, right. Why not give him a shot? And again, I think. It all comes back to this role, and I think Paul Reed gives us the most like wow factor. Like he can, he can versatility, versatility, and he can really like yeah. If he gets the minutes, he can make an impact on a game in a big way. DeAndre Jordan is just going to be a sustain until Joel gets rest and gets back in. Versus Paul Reed possibly having like <laughs> significant time, 
Um, that's my thoughts there. So big man is uh, backup. Big man is going to be an interesting thing to monitor um, coming down the stretch. And then uh, let's talk about our boy, Tobias Harris. Tell me about Tobias Harris since the James Harden deal. So Harris is the Harden deal. To put it simply, has not been as great, and also hasn't been as good as he was prior to the deal. In fact, I would say the month before the deal was probably his best best month, month and a half ish this season. And um, the good thing is though, he he had a good game last night against the Knicks. Um, I think he had, I think he ended with 15 on eight shots. I think a couple of rebounds, some pretty good defense on Randall. Um, the good thing is he's getting shots, he's he's getting open looks, and again we we talk about the Harden effect. This is this is what happens when Harden's on the court. Even when he doesn't doesn't necessarily have the ball, guys are shadowing him. Guys are are waiting to help on Harden if he gets the ball. They're anticipating that, and they're not anticipating Harris being wide open, which, again, we, even if Harden doesn't have the ball, there's opportunities where Harris gets open, and he's getting open shots. Now, he's not again, he's not making all of them, but the good thing is he's getting them, and I think they'll start to fall. I think they'll uh, eventually start to fall, and I think you know, he, he's still going to be that scoring guy that we know he is. I mean... He's still averaging 18 on the season. I, I think he can average somewhat close to mm-hmm. there for the rest of the season. So, I think I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fine with mm-hmm. Harris. Yeah, he. Um, you know, after that first game against Minnesota, he went two for nine. He had six points. Uh, and then yeah. at New York, he went three for nine. He had 12, and I believe at least two of those buckets were late in the fourth when it was kind of put away. Yeah, they were um, kind of clutch, yeah. And then, yeah, 14 last night against New York at home. Um, the thing, I mean, again, we 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 knew James Harden coming in. Points per games are going to go lower because it's just math. Because James Harden comes in, he's going to put up 25, 26 a game. And Seth Curry is only going out, what, 13 points a game. So, therefore, mathematically, 13 points got to come off from somewhere. Or so, something like that. And so, to buy, the one thing, to buy, you know, you mentioned Tobias is getting good looks. He's getting open looks. He's getting more spot-up looks um, than he has in his Sixers tenure, you know, prior. I think he had um, – I mean, we, I always am reminded of how he, well he was shooting from three when he was on the Clippers the year we got him. He was shooting 40% from three that year. Um and he he's getting looks, and he's also passing up open looks lately. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's rooted in. Obviously, I I think the Tobias Harris is he's getting the ball less, and he's getting the ball less like with with a need for him to dribble. If that makes sense. So like prior to the trade we would often see Tobias have the ball in his hands and make a play for himself. That's not really fitting into this offense, at least over three games, no? Am I wrong? I think, yeah. I think a lot of times Harris 
Now, I, w I will say, I, I still think he excels as a catch-and-shoot player, especially from three. But a lot of times, if he's... if he Let's say he's on an ISO at the top of the key or on the wing. A lot of times, he needs, like, one or two dribbles to get, get a shot or get going. It's when he gets into the three, to the four, yeah. to the five dribbles, when things kind of go south. And to, like, what you were saying... I think it's it's kind of just about his rhythm, and I don't know if he's necessarily getting that. But like I said, I think he will. I think he will adapt, and I think he will uh, begin mm -hmm. to get that again. You know, I think in he and Tyrese were the two guys we mentioned with their, you know, hopefully being able to play very well and improve off of playing with James Harden. Um, yeah. Now Maxi's in a different role, and it's in a more comfortable role for him. Um, you know, he brings the ball up sometimes, but James Harden's kind of running the show, and Tyrese can just fly down the court, and and it's he's been awesome. He's averaging almost twenty five a game. Tyrese Maxi, like that's awesome. Yeah. And then you look at Tobias Harris, whose role is different now, and um, he hasn't excelled yet. He just hasn't, and. We're gonna see it. I know we. Will. I. I personally just, again, as you mentioned, Tobias is not only an eight twenty eighteen point per game scorer this year, but for his career, like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, the dude knows how to score the basketball, yeah. and he knows how to do it in a variety of different ways. Um, some better than others, yes, but uh, he's too good of a scorer to just not find a role in this offense. And I think all I was thinking about this today. Tobias has bounced around from team to team, from offense to offense, from scheme to scheme. Um, even within the Sixers offense, I mean, my goodness, he's went from the second option to the third option to the fourth option to the third option to the fourth option. And back and forth, he's played in so many different schemes and roles that this isn't like earth-shattering adjustments. And I think he's pretty good at adjusting. He's adjusted from all these different systems that he's been in and been able to do what he does. So I think it might just take a little time. I would, as you mentioned, love to see him catch the ball, shoot the ball, because there's opportunities for him to do that. He, if anyone, if Tobias can take notes from anyone on this team, I think it's George Niang. Yeah, spot up. I mean, I, if I, if you don't like, if you haven't liked George Niang before this, I don't know how you don't like him now. I mean, this dude just, this dude just lets it fly. But he has, he has yeah. the resume to back it up because he is a really good shooter on pretty decent volume like he takes a lot of threes but he also makes a decent amount and i think i think it was the bucks mm -hmm. game before the all-star yeah. break he took 10 threes and he <laughs> made five that's 50 percent on now that's that's i mean trey young is taking right. 10 a game i mean steph curry uh, steph curry <laughs> takes like 12 a game but those are some pretty high volume three-point numbers and for a guy like right. Niang, as long as you're knocking him those, down, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it really speaks to the player he is. Because I mean, we've seen it this season. Right. This dude's a baller. I mean, he, he's a great shooter, a, a solid scorer for him being kind of slow footed, but he's just he take yeah. take notes, Tobias from George Niang. Because really, he just he's very right. good at what he does, and I, I catch and shoot. It's that's another player on this team that really excels. In the yeah. catch and shoot, and we all role. like to we all we all believe that Tobias Harris can score the basketball, and we all believe that he can yeah. shoot the basketball. Um, now, yeah. there's going to be moments again. He's he's I'm more comfortable with him dribbling 
around the basket, low post on a smaller defender. His turnaround jumper is pretty nice. Um, even his you know, face-up game around the basket is pretty good too. Um, but with that being yeah. said, the fact of the matter is James Harden is on this team, therefore you're dribbling the ball less. You, you just have to. It just makes the most it just makes the most sense. And like I said, I know I know he needs a few dribbles to get into his rhythm, but it's just you, you and we saw I know for a fact that he had a ton of opportunities mm-hmm. at a catch and shoot three. He he made he made quite a few of them on Sunday against the Knicks, yesterday against the right. Knicks, against the Timberwolves. Catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. Float, get the ball, <laughs> shoot it. On the perimeter, yep. get the ball, shoot it. Even if even if you have to even if it's a step through, even if like catch, take a step, like shoot it. Or 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 if it's off or if it's on the fast break in transition, kind of like step into the three. Get the right. ball and step and shoot. Like that's that's just that's really where he is best. And like you mentioned in with the Clippers, I mean, he sh- he was shooting forty percent from three. I believe he almost shot forty last year. Right. This is what he does. Yeah, we, it's even does. funny because we've we've mentioned that weeks ago, when James Harden wasn't a sixer yet, mm-hmm. Tobias shoot more threes, and now it's the golden opportunity to do so alongside James Harden. So hopefully we see that. Um, also, of course, worth noting. So Tobias, I looked this season around thirteen field goal attempts a game. Uh, this you know week around nine a game. So down um but again he's passing up shots he's had open looks he's missed open looks they're gonna fall and i'm confident they're gonna fall so but let me ask you this in the grand scheme of things because the nba you know instagram twitter everyone has taken on this thing of the sixers big three that does not include tobias harris it's clear over these three games at least on that level of social media it doesn't include tobias harris now, how important is Tobias, yeah. grand scheme, big picture, how important is his scoring to this team? Um, you know, him being around nine points a game, ten points a game, versus him being up around his season average. How much does that play a factor into how good this team can possibly be? I think it's very important. I think it's. I think his scoring ability is going to play a huge role in where the Sixers end up, not only before the playoffs, but during the playoffs, I think him being a 13, 14, 15 point per game scorer um, only only elevates them as a team, only raises their ceiling. And because if he can, if he can really step into that role and, and kind of mold into that player once again, it just adds so much versatility to the Sixers offense and how they can play because, okay, we we know we can depend on Tobias for fourteen a game on four right. threes. That's you know you know, four for eight from three, four for nine from three, whatever. Having another player to depend on like that is something that not a lot of teams have. And when you have that, it kind of at least offensively again, like I said, separates you from a lot of other mm-hmm. teams and it makes it makes you. It just makes you look more dangerous as a team having having something like that and an extra right. element. Yeah, like I, I agree. He's important. Um, Long term, big picture, playoff picture. He is important. So he needs to figure it out. And again, I, I the panic button is certainly nowhere near this table on Planet Seventy Six. No. Uh, other people are over exaggerating on Tobias, and they have all year. Let's be honest. 
but coming into this trade, Tobias was playing very well. Let's also be honest there. And uh, he's going to figure it out. And I, again, I, I just to emphasize it again, I think his ability and willingness to adapt to every culture he's been in, every team he's been on, is only going to help him here as he figures it out with the new look Sixers. So um, three games in four days coming up for the Sixers um, against some playoff teams, Eastern Conference battles. So Cleveland tomorrow night at home, back-to-back in Miami on Saturday, um, a day off, and then Chicago right here at the Wells Fargo Center on Monday, and then the big one a week from tonight, um, the fourth game, Brooklyn at home. On Thursday, I saw you selling some tickets on your uh, Instagram this week. Untrust the love. <laughs> yes, yes, and they actually got sold. Thankfully, um, I mean, yeah, that's going to be a fantastic game. Whether or not you know who plays, it's going to be it fantastic. Is. And this next week of basketball for the Sixers is going to yep. be pretty telling, mm-hmm. I would say, in terms of how this new look team stacks up against the rest of the conference. And I'm also just really looking forward to the playoffs now. <laughs> And Harden is here. I really would like to just. I just. I want to see how the how this team translates to playoff basketball because I know it will translate well, but right. how well is the question? So I think. I think this next stretch again, Cavs, Heat, and Nets. These are all top top five teams. I mean, okay, the Nets are eight. <laughs> we, we know the Nets are good, so <laughs> we know the Nets are good. Um, I, I think this is going to be a really telling stretch of basketball, and it's going to kind of have the Sixers thrown in like okay we're in the the final you know whatever 12 games you know 15 game stretch of the season let's do this let's lock in we have Harden right we have our full team for once let's do yeah, this I agree it's going to be telling uh, again Cleveland Miami Chicago and Brooklyn across the next oh, seven days um, so let's get ready let's do this thing and um, you know also say you know I think that to your point, you just reminded me of something. We have everybody. This team is healthy. I, I mean, I, who's missing right now? No one, I don't think. That's out. It, I don't know another NBA team that can say that. There's big, big names that are out around the NBA right now. And uh, the Sixers, knock on wood, are in good shape right now. So that's a very good thing. And... Um, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know if we're going to win all four of those, but um, yeah, who knows? I, you know, as as tough as it is to admit, I don't think the Sixers are going to go undefeated with James Harden in his career, but um, <laughs> we shall see. So Cleveland, Miami, Chicago, Brooklyn coming up, and we'll be here to talk about and recap that on our next episode of Planet 76. We'll see you next time. You just listened to an episode of the Planet 76 podcast. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for this episode. Whatever platform you're on, why don't you hit that subscribe button for us, and we'll see you next time.